Hey guys, this week's episode is brought to you by Handy Paint Products. You know, they're those red plastic cups and roller trays you've probably seen in the paint aisle. But it turns out they could work for more than just paint. More on that later, and you can learn more about Handy Paint Products by visiting this episode's show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast. I'm John. And I'm Sherry. We like home stuff. We like talking. And we like the occasional game show sound effect. So welcome to Young House Love Has a Podcast, where we have deep and not so deep conversations about DIY, design, and life at home. Today we're talking about metal finishes, like how to mix them, and is the brass trend really over? Plus, we'll look at what women shouldn't have in their houses, and we'll tell you what most bloggers didn't reveal about our Palm Springs Hotel. Hey, everybody. Hello, podcast listeners. (laughs) Is your radio voice? (laughs) I'm here, and I'm ready to talk. (laughs) Here we go. Totally going to cut this part out. (laughs) Well, we were going to give you guys a recap of our trip to Palm Springs that we did earlier this month because we realized we hadn't talked about it when we went to the Altitude Summit. It's like a blogging conference for creative entrepreneurs, I think they say. Oh, is that how they position it? I think blogging conference might be like too small of a box because these days like... There's influencers. Yes, there's influencers. Social media. Don't give away our talk. Yeah, we we gave a keynote talk there. That's why we had gone out. And we actually, we recorded on our mic just like we did with our Haven conference talk uh, last summer. And so the audio seems like it's going to be good. So I'm going to... Try to edit that together for you guys so you can actually hear the talk we gave. So don't spoil anymore, Sherry. Okay, I will not give anything away. It was fabulous and I cried. That's a true story. <laughs> so there, there were some tears shed. I actually cried. You'll hear all about it when we edit it together for the podcast. I did I did like skip to that part to see if you could tell. Could you tell? Oh, you can tell. <laughs> what, you, what you can't tell on that is like me awkwardly like patting your back. <laughs> Because I was like, gosh, what do you do in this situation when, like, your wife is crying on and stage? And then, you know, when you're crying and someone pats you and it's so sweet that you, like, cry more, I was like, stop touching me. It's making me cry. I think everyone in the audience is like, well, there's the uncomfortable husband who doesn't know how to deal with this. <laughs> like, do I touch her? Do I not touch her? I do I like, embrace her? I was like, I can't do a full embrace. Like, <laughs> Do I create a diversion and run out of the room? <laughs> it was fine. This sounds like we bombed. It was fine. It was an emotional story. When I practiced it a bunch of times, I didn't cry, so I thought I wasn't going to cry. Much like when I was saying my vows, I was so surprised I cried. And John was like, I knew you were going to cry. And I was like, I never cried when we practiced. But I guess practice and the real thing are different. Yeah. It was awesome, though. The, the summit, Alt Summit, the yes. conference. We thought it was going to be super intimidating, like West Coast, super cool. Like uh, I was looking at the hashtag on Instagram and I saw people packing up their suitcases and there was like an open suitcase full of things that were sequined. I think we kind of like expected to be like the Met Ball of blogging conferences. Completely. I thought there was going to be like everyone in their fancy, amazing clothing and I'd be like, hi, I'm Sherry and I'm wearing a black blazer again. Right. But it was fine. There were lots of black blazers. I was not the only one. I branched out and wore a navy blue blazer one day. And it was, it was a good time. Like, no one was that fancy. Well, I mean, there were certainly people there who are more confident in their clothing choices than I am. Yes. But I think, for one, we were just super impressed by Palm Springs. You and I had never been yeah, to any so part nice. of the country like that. But we didn't really get to see much of the town. Like, whenever we left the hotel for the conference, it was dark already. Like, we went out to dinner a couple nights with some other uh-huh. bloggers. Jenny Commenda. Shout out to Jenny Commenda. We had the best time. It was like fast forward best friendship because I think we had this foundation of knowing each other. And then meeting in person was so exciting for both of us. And sorry, John. There was like all the girls squealing. We were so excited. And I think you got like, like usual, four words in edgewise. Like usual. I was kind of like the rooster in the hen house at these things. <laughs> well, it's like having a bunch of long distance pen pals. All these people you know from their blogs or their Instagram. And then you could see their faces 
pieces and talk to them for real. So Jenny from Little Green Notebook. Yeah, Jamie Derringer from Design Milk. Super fun. We've been pen pals forever and I'm a big fan of her art. She had a booth there and she was making real life art. Like while you waited, you got to pick the colors and she made these little um, abstracts for you. It was so cute. She did that in a booth for Minted. There were like lots of booths and brands there too. And then there were a lot of people giving talks all at the same time. Yeah, like you have little roundtable discussions or keynote talks or all these different types of things. I feel bad, like we got there the last day of the conference, the day we were talking. So we missed like the first day and a half. And I think we were a combination of jet lagged and also just kind of getting our bearings of all the new faces around us and then Palm Springs and the colorful hotel that we didn't really absorb a lot of the actual information at the conference. So I felt like I needed another day or two. Yeah, we went to sleep early because we were like, we need to be bright eyed and bushy tailed for 9am for our keynote talk. We don't mess that up. So we went to bed at like 10 o'clock which, you know, was one our time. So it felt late. And then we woke up at 3.30 in the morning because we were on like East Coast time. And we both were like, go back to sleep. Why are we awake? I think we finally adjusted to West Coast time just in time to leave and come back to the East Coast and spend another whole day on planes. But we did meet so many fun people. Jordan from Oh Happy Day. We saw Allison, you know, the Allison Awesome. The Allison show. Yes. I'm always like, Allison yeah. Awesome. She's just over here dancing. I'm dancing because she's always dancing on Instagram. Well, Gabrielle Blair from Design Mom who founded Alt Summit was there and she did a great job. Um, And you guys probably saw all the pictures of the hotel on Instagram because this was a really, really colorful hotel. This was their first time hosting it there in Palm Springs. And notably absent from a lot of people's photos was photos of the room. Any pictures of the rooms. (laughs) The lounge, so cool. The restaurant, so cool. The outside, so cool. The pool, amazing. Like the most beautiful hotel. The rooms. Well, we all were just kind of like, they weren't bad and we're not divas. We just compared to everything else. Let's just say there's a reason nobody was sharing the rooms and it's just because they were like pretty average. I think it was because all of the colorful paint outside worked so well, but inside we had this like really, really, really green wall. Right. Really, really orange wall, really green wall and a purple carpet. So there was like a lot of color inside. And travertine in the bathroom. Right. Jenny Comenda was like, why is there tan tile? We had the best conversations with Jenny. She's just such a designer through and through. (laughs) Really. I was like, who noticed the tile? And then I was like, oh, there it is. But it it was a beautiful hotel. Yes. So I hope we get to go back at some point, both to the Alt Summit conference uh, and also maybe just to Palm Springs for fun at some point. Maybe fewer airplanes next time. Yeah, we had two layovers each way. So we took six flights in like three days. Yeah. (laughs) If ever you thought we were high rollers, we roll so high we took as many planes as possible. Right. We were like, take us to Phoenix and then to Philadelphia and then over the West Coast. I would like to see every time zone, please. (laughs) We really did. Well, we'll put a couple pictures up on the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcasts in case you missed any of our pictures on Instagram. They will be there and you can see the cool hotel, the Saguaro. Saguaro, not Sabaro, like the pizza. (laughs) We thought it was Saguaro because it has a G in it, but Saguaro, like the cactus apparently. How do you segue from that to anything, John? Go for it. Actually, speaking of pizza. Oh, (laughs) this is a perfect segue actually. So we have a new one. This is a new thing that's never happened in 10 years of owning Burger. Our dog Burger, Chihuahua, little tan guy, sat on my lap the other day and I was like, why are you covered in like red stuff? Is that blood? Like my first thought was, was this like a coyote or a snake bite? So he had red cheeks, which is like very distinctive in his light colored fur. And he had just come in from going out to the bathroom. And so I leaned in horrified. Like, is he sitting on my lap because he's been attacked? And then I caught a whiff. It was either marinara sauce or a pizza. I've never been so sure of a scent in my life. The question you might have, dear friends, is why? But our dog likes to roll on things. Well, when I came home, you're like, burger rolled in something. He needs a bath. And I was like, uh-oh, because I pictured something. Poop or something. Not <laughs> yeah. always. He's smarter than that usually. 
But every once in a while, he'll roll in something unsavory. Like, he's trying to crush a worm. He'll roll in a worm and get, like, a piece like of worm. Like, bug guts on it. Yeah, he'll get, like, a bug wing on his back just from rolling on it. But instead, Sherry said, no, he smells like pizza. And we, we were like, well, how did this happen? So all we can piece together is that it was garbage day. And we think when the garbage guys picked up the trash can, a piece of pizza or some sauce must have dribbled out and landed on the ground. Burger discovered this amazing euphoric puddle of something. And then rolled in it. So that's the only way we can describe it. We've let him out a bunch of times since. He has not come back with yeah, anything right on I tried on to him. watch him now, see if he's hunting for it again, because we don't know where it is. We, we thought, is it in the garage? Have we spilled something in the garage at some point? It's a mystery, guys. I gave him a bath. He's fine now. We do call him Pizza Face, though. Yes, now he's Pizza Face Burger. Sabaro, Peter Zink. <laughs> <laughs> pizza Face, Saburger. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like the Italian. It's Saburger. It's Saburger. He's got some Pizza Face. <laughs> Let's talk about home stuff. Yeah, I'll get it back on the rails uh, with a game. So this is the part of the show that we often call what's not, because I'm going to give Sherry a category of things in which most are real, but one is fake. She has to tell me what's real and what's not. And I have to preface this one. Oh, no. Like, big disclaimer that I do not agree with the tone of this list I'm working off of. Is it rude? Um, I would say condescending. Oh, okay. Um, It's from El Decor, which typically I find their list very amusing and sometimes helpful. But this one is called 13 Things a Woman Should Never Ever Have in Her Home. Oh, snap. I picture it like an old, like, Southern woman, like, you should never, ever have this in your home. (laughs) Sounded like the guy from Looney Tunes with the guns. Oh, um, Yosemite <laughs> Sam? Yes! Totally Yosemite Sam impression. Slash Southern woman, obviously. Okay. I've nailed these impressions. So uh, these are probably things we have in our house and I'm going to get all ruffled. Well, they apparently interviewed a variety of designers to get their tips for things that um, grown women should not have in their apartments. I would say it took a turn. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a list. We can talk about I'm gonna it I'm going to fail this quiz and then we're going to talk about it. So I'm going to give you five things okay. that a woman should never, ever have in her home. One of them you made up and One the rest they up. truly believe. Apparently. Too much mismatched furniture. That feels like a plant because I love like mix and match. We love not a set. Excessive frills. I mean... You said they're very condescending. Maybe that's a real one. (laughs) Fake flowers. Oh, I believe they said that, but I don't agree, guys. Also, I'm obsessed with paper flowers. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll know in Insta stories, I just share paper flowers all the time. A plunger by the toilet. Um, that is practical. And I want to hit whoever said that with a plunger from my toilet. Because why would you not have that? Last one, stuffed animals. First of all, anyone who listened to the episode where we called each other out on weird things. This means you, Berger. Yeah. I have a Berger and he's refined and he makes me a happier person. Um, I'm going to say that the plant is mixed, mismatched furniture. That was on the list. Was? They said too many different things get confusing. A few pieces show interest. Mm, okay. I think the key there was too much mismatched furniture. Right, right, right. Okay, so let me get real here. Um, too many frills, you wouldn't have made that up because it's super sexist and you wouldn't be like that. What's the other ones? Fake flowers. Fake flowers. You wouldn't have made that up because they'll say that. A lot of people say that. I mean, designers I love say that. I just beg to differ because I found some good fakes. You made up stuffed animals. Stuffed animals is on the list too. What was the plan? It says, first, let me tell you how they explain stuffed animals. Make room for human love. <laughs> like, is the undertone of this, you're like scaring away men in your life with yes. too many ruffles and stuffed animals? Yes. For Why? Th- I don't know. So the plant 
was the plunger because that was actually on a list I found from a different website called 30 Things Every Grown-Ass Woman Needs in Her Apartment. That's right. And they said you should have practical things like a plunger and a toilet brush. Yeah, you're just mean if you have anyone over and you don't have a plunger next to your toilet. But yeah, they said things like excessive frills um, is not sexy. Oh. They also said fake flowers say I've given up and there's no hope for me. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. I I have some silk flowers. Well. I have not given up. I mean, I do wear pajamas 99% of the time, but I've not fully given up. Yeah, I I was I just could not believe how like you said, they just assumed all these things were about people trying to seduce men. Like, like it turned into how to try to get a man when it was really supposed almost, to be about your house. Yeah, like almost every caption. For instance, they also said doll collections from your childhood said this can be creepy and scare off men. Wow. And I was insulted on behalf of all the women out there. And the men. The presumption that <laughs> You should be designing your house just to attract men. Yeah, that's true. That's a little weird. They also said a cat tree. It says, ladies, I know cats can be very cute, but seeing a carpeted cat home when you first walk in really doesn't set the right tone. Everyone fears the crazy single cat lady. <gasps> burn. This is full of burns. It's a snarky list. Wow. I felt a little bad bringing it up, but <laughs> I had some strong opinions about it. And I needed to air them. And as expected, I failed. And then I guessed again, and I also failed the second time. <laughs> But you know what? At least you're on the same page that a plunger is a practical thing. That's right. So I will put... Especially after Sbarro's. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Always a lady, Sherry. Well, I will put the full list of 13 things a woman should never, ever have in her home so you can read and be offended like I was. Got it. I'll also put a link to the 30 things that every grown woman should have in her apartment because I think that was a more helpful, practical list. Way to make me mad. With a lighthearted quiz on a a decorating podcast. This got very dark. It really did. I feel like I really owe it to everyone to lighten this up a little bit. (laughs) So you guys may remember back in episode 32, we talked about the stuff in our house we don't show you, like our weird house quirks, like Berger, the stuffed animal. My beloved rice sock that I can't find. All the things that repel men from our house. Anyways, we had asked you guys in the episode to call in with your own house quirks. So we got a bunch of funny voicemails from you guys. We can't play them all, but here's some of our favorites. John and Sherry, this is Teresa from Washington State. And one thing that I do is that I keep my butter in the microwave. And the reason I do that is because when I was a kid, we had a cat who was obsessed with butter. And so we just started putting it in the microwave. So when I got married, my husband was like, he couldn't understand and it just drove him insane. Well, now he does the same thing where it's somebody else's house. He wants to get the butter. He goes to the microwave. This is Kayla calling from Lancaster, PA, and my house quirk is that I keep a jar of peanut butter and a spoon on my nightstand because I like to eat a banana with peanut butter for breakfast every day. So every night I'll bring up a fresh banana and then I can wake up and have breakfast in bed every day of the week. This is Amy from Pittsburgh. When I was pregnant with my second child, I used a sack of rice almost every night. And when I was in labor, I remember having my husband get it and um, we went to the hospital and had the baby and afterwards the nurse was like cleaning up the room and she held up one of my husband's old nasty socks that was filled with rice and she was like um is this yours it was so embarrassing but I love that sock of rice hi this is Kelly from Charlottesville Virginia when my husband and I registered for our wedding almost 10 years ago he insisted on getting a set of small silver espresso spoons But do we make espresso at home? No, my husband uses these spoons to slowly eat his ginormous packed bowl of ice cream, savoring it bite by bite. This is Melissa from Nashville, Tennessee. I keep my floss in my bedside table. I find that I'm much more likely to floss at night if I'm in the comfort of my bed watching a movie. 
is Jennifer from North Carolina. I just wanted to make the comment that leaving makeup in the car, I definitely do the same thing. It's just so easy to step out of the house, away from the baby, and just put my makeup on in my car. It's kind of my serene face um, in the mornings, or even when I get to work, I just sit in my car and relax and put on my makeup. But just wanted to say, Sherry, you are not alone. My makeup bag is in my car, except it's much bigger than a pencil case. This is Rachel from Birmingham, Alabama. I got this one from my mom, but I keep my pajamas in the winter. I guess I have a sweatshirt or sweatpants that I don't necessarily need to wash but wear around the house at night. I keep those between my pillow and my headboard, and that way my bed looks made, but they're tucked away, and I can get cozy as soon as I get home, and then don't have to worry about them getting tossed in the laundry until it's time. This is Sarah calling from a farm in North Arkansas. My husband and I have a tiny green alligator that we hide around the house. So, like, I'll hide it from him. He'll find it. He'll hide it from me. And it just goes on and on. We don't talk about it. There's no time limits on it. And if we lost it, I would be really sad. This is Sarah from Fort Worth, Texas. My husband and I keep our Listerine in the shower. Um, our dentist actually suggested it to us, and it has become a wonderful little uh, trick for making sure our breath is fresh throughout the day. This is Joanna calling from Kansas City. I have a feeling I'm going to be one of many mamas calling to reassure Sherry and her love of having some sort of pillow or stuffed animal as a support when pregnant. My husband bought me a body pillow. It took me a long time to quit using it after being pregnant. The kicker is he has now stolen it, and he now cannot sleep without the pregnancy body pillow. Well, Sherry, I have to say, I feel like you got a lot of support for your weird stuff. Like, I know. I feel much less weird by the minute. Your rice sock, <laughs> your burger in the bed. My favorite was hiding the little alligator, because do you remember we used to hide the bloody hand with your yes. roommate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing. There was this bloody hand that was like a Halloween prop. Yeah, it was like from it a was Halloween rubber. party. How would you describe this? It had like a bone sticking out of the end of it, but it was all rubber. Like it almost looked like a dog toy. Yeah, back when I lived in New York on the Upper West Side, me and my roommates had this holdover from a party. And for some reason, it became this game, just like Sarah was saying with their alligator, where we would hide it from one another. Like in the fridge, you'd just see a bloody hand or like coming through someone's window blind, just a hand. It was funny because it was a hand, although I think that the little alligator's funny because he could be living, you know, wherever you put him. Like, oh, he's living in the fridge. Yeah, it's, a, it's a little tamer. I still remember one time <laughs> in a snowstorm, we put the hand out on the windowsill, like coming out of the snowbank. Yeah, we were very creative with the hand. And very weird, very weird. Well, thank you guys for all your calls and your comments about your weird quirks. I actually think there were also some good, just convenient suggestions in there. Like, Yeah, the Listerine is smart in the shower. Yeah, and they're like PJs behind the pillow. Yeah. Good work, everyone. You guys everyone. are smart. <laughs> well, and actually speaking of calls, we're going to take a quick listener call. Hi, John and Sherry. This is Summer from Virginia. My husband and I are getting ready to completely renovate our master bathroom, and I'm hoping you can help me decide on a finish for our faucet. I love the look of brass and gold faucets, especially with a black vanity, and I've been seeing them more and more in design blogs, but it seems like even a couple years ago they were considered outdated or gaudy. I'm worried this trend won't last, and since this isn't our forever home, I don't want it to affect resale. Do you think brass fixtures will still be in in the next five years? Follow-up question. If one bathroom in the house has chrome or nickel faucets, can another have brass, or should they be more cohesive like paint colors throughout the house? Thanks so much. Bye. Okay. I would say top 10 questions we get are about mixing and matching metals. So it's high time we tackle this. Okay, so you're jumping to the back of Summer's question. I am jumping to the general question of when you have a room, any room, bathroom, kitchen, living room, can you mix metals? Our answer is always a resolute and strong yes, but I think it takes some thought. 
My super simple explanation is always just have each metal occur a few times so nothing looks unintentional or like the odd man out. So for example, if you take our kitchen, we have a bunch of polished nickel poles all over and we have polished nickel stems on our light fixtures and we have a polished nickel faucet, but we have stainless steel appliances, but there's a few of them so nothing looks like it's the odd man out. We also have decorated with some gold accents. They're completely removable because we didn't know if we'd tire of gold in five or 10 years. So instead of committing to a gold faucet or a gold hardware somewhere, we just went for a few gold vases and planters around the room. And they look really pretty with the sort of marbled counter we have, but they're easy to change out. So in that aspect, there's three different metals They all occur a bunch of times, and they all just look layered in. I think what happens is when you do a bunch of things a bunch of times, it just looks intentional and layered. And some are also asked about from room to room, like should metals coordinate? And I don't think they need to, especially from like bathroom to bathroom or kitchen to bathroom. Like your whole house does not have to be one metal. Right. I do think that when you have things like doorknobs throughout, a lot of times those are consistent throughout your whole house. We went with an oil rub bronze doorknob. So that's another metal going on. But in most rooms, we've done an oil rub bronze curtain rod. So just in those two touches, they balance each other out. There's two sort of dark, high contrast elements in the room. And there's often something like a dark leather chair also ties into that deep bronze color. So you can find it in other places. I think you can't go wrong if you don't want to mix metals. Like anyone listening, I'm not judging you or saying your house isn't as layered or as beautiful if you just stick to one. I think it's a great, easy look. Oftentimes when we do show houses, we just choose one knob color. A lot of the lamps and other accessories are that color. It works effortlessly, especially with something like polished nickel, chrome, or brushed nickel. They're very timeless. I don't think you'd ever walk into a room in 20 years and say like, oh my gosh, polished nickel, I'm so tired of this. It's a very classic look. Yeah, I think you can go for the match if you're just looking to make it easy, a simple decision. But if you've got matching things and you want to add something that doesn't match a new finish, the way to do it is what you've just said. Just make sure it occurs more than one time. Exactly. And so I would say for your bathrooms, if you have one bathroom and you find an amazing light fixture, I like to start with something that's so unique I wouldn't want to switch it out. So I wouldn't start with hardware on a vanity or even the doorknob. I'd probably start somewhere with like the light fixture or the mirror or the sconces. Or something the Exactly, the faucet. Something more stylish that I would fall in love with and then not want to trade for a different finish. So say you found a chandelier you love and it's polished nickel. Then it's probably very simple to do polished nickel on the faucet, polished nickel on the hardware, and everything would match. Or you could do something like brass hardware on the vanity and a brass faucet and then a polished nickel frame on the mirror and a polished nickel chandelier. So again, you're just looking for things to sort of occur a few times. It creates balance. It creates a feeling of something being intentional instead of accidental. But in regards to brass possibly hurting resale or feeling dated in five or 10 years, my fear for you is that brass or gold finishes are limiting. Not everybody loves them. Not everybody hates them. But I would say if you're looking for something universal, a chrome or a polished nickel is probably more universal than gold. That being said, if you're living somewhere for five years, I don't really believe you should be decorating for resale. I think you shouldn't make any major bad decisions like knocking down all the walls and living in a studio if you're going to resell and people want walls. But I think something like a faucet, no one should look at your house and say, I'm not going to buy it because there's a gold faucet. Yeah, I do think brass can be polarizing because a lot of people still see it as that old dated finish that they were trying to replace years ago. with Right, like we bought this house with old shiny brass knobs. And I think the difference now is there's matte brass, 
There's really cool um, antiqued brass or patinaed brass. So there's a difference in sort of the shiny 80s brass yeah. and the brass of today. I think a lot of the brass and gold fixtures today don't resemble the bad stuff that some people still think of. So if you can find the newer stuff, I think it will be clear to people seeing it that it is current and updated and it is not, you know, some leftover from the 80s in your house. Exactly. But I do think, and we kind of went through this with our kitchen, like you were just saying, like we went with a polished nickel because it felt like a classic choice, especially with our house that is more traditional, you know, colonial home. It didn't feel like a quote unquote trendier finish like the brass. Right. We have like a traditional brick exterior. So I don't think you'd pull up and think like, ooh, a brass kitchen. That it's not like a right hit in. modern house. You know? <laughs> right. Right. At the end of the day, metal finishes are very subjective. I think they all go in and out of favor. I mean, for a while, people were saying things like chrome and brushed nickel and stuff were out of style. Right. Uh, they were saying they were tiring of it because they've been going strong for right. so long. And even over a bronze, I've heard people say like, oh, that is totally over. Right. And then other people say like, oh, it's totally coming back in. We're doing five it's in that now. And I feel like I hear in the same breath, some people being like, brass is so hot, I want more brass. And some people saying, I think it's overdone. It's like tiring out. So I think it is just constantly shifting. And the fact that these things come back is just proof that these standard finishes, brass, oil red bronze, chrome, nickel, are going to stand the test of time. Yeah, they're going to go back around and come back around, just like everything else yeah. in design. But I would say if you're still like, well, that's not really much advice. You didn't really tell yeah, me thanks much. for non-answer, John and Sherry. <laughs> I would tell you if you fear that you're going to go with gold and not like it, like – Follow your gut. If your gut says, I'm still nervous about it, bring in gold accents in other places. Do a gold mirror, do a gold trash can, do a pretty gold picture frame above the toilet, any sort of gold touches a gold vase on the vanity, and then do a faucet in a more traditional tone, just like a brush nickel or a chrome. And if you feel instead your gut is saying, no, I'm not nervous at all. If I could choose right now, my favorite would be brass or gold for the faucet. I would say do that. I would say really listen to your gut on what you want the most and how you feel this room would make you the happiest and then just follow your instincts. And I liked your advice to find the piece you fall in love with first and go from there. Like if you find a light that you really love and it's brass, then just build off from there and other brass things. But if you find a faucet that you love and it's matte black, yeah. work from there. Exactly. You could do matte black faucet, matte black hardware on the vanity and a gold picture frame and a gold vase. And that room would feel layered and cool we're actually doing a lot of lighting designs with matte black and gold. It's a really cool pairing. There's also just pairing something like oil rub bronze, which is almost like that matte black with the silvers, you know, like a chrome or a brushed nickel. So I think play around with combinations too. If you want to get a sample knob from the store and hold it up on your vanity and get, you know, a sample picture frame that you can just return to Target that's gold just to see how you like things mixing. That's also a, you know, make a real life mood board with these metals, put them together on the counter of the vanity and see how they look or the tile on the floor and see how they look with those materials. I think this is a good time for a poll in the show notes. Oh, too. yeah. What should we pull? I think we should ask people their opinions on the brass slash gold trend. Okay. Yeah. Are you super into it still? Do you think it's running its course? Have you never been into it at all? Yeah. We'll put a quiz in the show notes. We'd love- Do you think it's not sexy? <laughs> Do you think it would scare off a man? Oh, gosh. I hope not. Who are these men who are so scared of everything? He's <laughs> like, I don't know. She's got brass. Swipe left. Or is it swipe right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I'm either. Too old. I'm glad you don't know that, honey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'd be problematic if I did, it right? It would. Like, why do you know how to use Tinder? That well, came out after we got married. Well, if you guys have a question you'd like us to tackle on the podcast, please leave us a voicemail. The phone number is 571-4-YHL-H-A-P, as in Young House Love has a podcast. Well, I am super excited for my word digging this week, but first we're going to take a quick break. 
So you guys heard this week's episode is brought to you by Handy Paint Products, like the Handy Paint Tray that's got two handles to make it way easier to move around than those other flimsy roller trays. In the Handy Paint Pail, you know it has that easy hold handle and a little magnet on the edge that holds your paintbrush. They're all made here in the USA by a small family-operated company in Minnesota that's headed up by the inventor, Mark Berkman. And when we spoke to him, we couldn't resist asking this question. Have you ever heard of anyone using your products in like a weird or unusual way? You've had people say that it would make a great container for barbecue sauce. If you've got a great big barbecue going and you need the basting brush, you can put the brush on the magnet and even put it on your belt, we've heard people say. That's hilarious. I feel like you just publicly issued a challenge. Yeah, like you're going to get a bunch of pictures of people using your pail in all sorts of funny ways. Yeah, you're right. So if you've got a painting project coming up or maybe just a family cookout on the horizon, (laughs) check out Handy Paint Products at Home Depot, Lowe's, or anywhere else you buy paint. And if you've used one of their cups, pails, or roller trays in a weird or unusual way, I'm sure Mark and his team would love to know. So just tag them on Facebook or Instagram. They're at Handy Paint Pail. And after that jazzy little ad music, let's get into my favorite crumping music. Lay it on me, hubs. So this week I am digging something called Samplies. Samplies. Yes, S-A-M-P-L-I-Z-E. It's actually right now on Indiegogo. Indiegogo is a site kind of like Kickstarter where you contribute towards the creation of a new product or new service. Uh-huh. And so this is something I'm mentioning it because I really want it to be a thing. Okay. So basically what this is are large decals for your wall to do paint testers on. But they come already painted? Yeah. So you on their website would tell what colors you want to sample. And they will use the real paint <gasps> from the actual manufacturer. And send you big decals that you stick up and you don't have to put test paint on your wall anymore. Yes. Yeah, so when I heard about this, the reason why I was like, please become a thing is because we just went through that whole ordeal with the, oh, beach, yeah, the house. beach house. Did we test like 20 yeah, colors? Yeah, tw- over 21 colors. And they were like six, seven They were $7 each, each yes. for this quart of paint from Sherwin Which you use a tenth of. Oh yeah, it's like a droplet is gone and now we have all these quarts of paint that we don't have anything to do with basically. There's taking up room in the garage. And so this is basically the same price or cheaper. Oh really? How much is each decal? So if you get a 12 by 12, so square foot, it is $5. Uh Or you can get a 24 by 24 inch one. So two foot square piece for $7. Wow. So the same price as that whole can. My mind is being blown right now. That's so much smarter than buying those cans. And And do you trust it? Like they'll do any paint color. If you say bear, they're not going to like color match Sherwin-Williams. They're going to always do the base. Right. They say they will use the manufacturer's paint. Right now they're only doing Benjamin Moore, Sherwin-Williams, and Dunn Edwards. That's still good though. And they're starting off with just the top 25% colors of each brand. But if you're a contributor to the Indiegogo fund, which we are now, by the way, uh, you can pick a custom color. So they will paint it with the real paint. It ships within 24 hours, so you're not wasting a lot of time. <gasps> That's like faster than me getting to the paint store. Oftentimes, yeah, because you could just do it from your computer. I mean, it's like Amazon. You can remove it and like is it, is wrap it, it around. Is it restickable? A... Like you yeah. can put it up in four different rooms to see how the That's, same color looks in That's four what rooms. they show. I should preface this by saying I don't have one of these things yet because it doesn't exist. But, but one... they're made to be stuck up more than once. Because yeah. I do think if you're painting your whole house one neutral tone, like you're buying a new construction, you want to pick the color, you do want to stick it up in a bunch of different spots, south light, north light, yeah. to see what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, they show them as being repositionable. It was developed by a interior designer and her son. This is so smart. And They're going to be millionaires. Again, I just want it to be a thing because I feel like I would have saved a lot of trouble 
mm-hmm. and waste. Right. It's stuff to store that you feel bad. You're like, I might use this someday. But like in reality, you're never using it. We should have a yard sale for paint. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, we'll probably just take it to Habitat for Humanity or something. So maybe someone can get a use out of it. But I will put a link to this Indiegogo on the show notes page at younghouselove.com slash podcast because- We should all contribute. We yes. have done our part. And then this will be a thing. I like it, John. Please. Please. And this week, I'm digging something that we've actually used for years. And they run out every two years, so I just reordered them. And I thought, if I'm so in love with this product that I'm reordering it after two years of faithful use, I'm going to tell you about it. They're called pants. No, (laughs) I do love pants, but I've been using pants for more than two years. This is a bag of charcoal. So picture like a breathable sort of linen bag. And inside there's charcoal. I'm holding one right now. You hear it shaking around in there. You know what charcoal is. Okay. People are familiar. I'm just describing it. This is called California Home Goods Air Purifying Bag. So I don't know how many chemists are listening, but my brother's going to be all hoo-de-hoo because charcoal absorbs odor. It's like a natural property of charcoal. So if something stinks, they say like, you know, put balled up newspapers in something to absorb wetness or put charcoal in something to absorb the odor. These little muslin bags are so cute because they're built to sort of absorb odor, bacteria, allergens, anything. And so they're made so that you can throw one in your gym bag and then your gym bag doesn't get stinky. They're also made for your house. Like you can put one in if you have a mudroom like we do, which is like closed doors. These little bags are great. They absorb odor. I've actually started putting them in every room. I bought two four packs. So that's eight of them. And I can really move them around. (laughs) Wherever we're particularly stinky. Right. Like after we recorded a podcast about how the dog food's in the closet and that might be weird, I very self-consciously put two next to the dog food in the crate because I was like, I don't want my closet to smell like dog food. I thought you were going to say after we recorded a podcast, it was really stinky in here. No, no, no. In the closet. So they're, they're just these great little bags that absorb odor. It's not that they emit any smell. You understand? They're absorbing bad odors out of the air. So like you're not going to put it up to your face and be like, ah, potpourri. It's just like a crunchy bag of nothing. And it's I like to neutralize, right? Exactly. And it says it even prevents mold, mildew, and excess moisture because they sort of suck out the moisture in the air and they're totally eco-friendly. So it's not like having to have a, you know, scented thing in your house, which there are debates about whether heavily scented things are bad for us now. So this is sort of the natural route. And then every month you put them outside in the sun for one hour. They essentially just like expel all the odors out in the sun and they're recharged, like they call it recharging them. And then you can put them in the house again for another month. I know John's looking at me like it's kind of woo-woo, but... Well, I know it's like your counter to like febrezing the room. Right. I don't like to use like airwick. I I have very sensitive like throat <laughs> throat issues. We've heard. <laughs> it's kind of like in Ghostbusters, they slide out that thing that opens up and all the ghosts get sucked into it. Exactly like that, except not with ghosts and with odors. Yeah. I feel like we should just compare everything to Ghostbusters. Can we do that? I should learn the terminology first then. (laughs) It's the... Ecto chamber. Ecto cooler. Ecto cooler is the drink. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Young House Love Has a Podcast. I know this is where I usually ask you guys to review our podcast on iTunes, but today I realized I have to issue an important correction. In the episode, I said my Southern lady accent sounded like Yosemite Sam, but I meant Foghorn Leghorn. Will you guys ever forgive me? And keep telling us what you do while you listen, like at Southwich on Twitter, who listened to our podcast while boarding the metro after work in D.C., but got on the wrong train and ended up in Maryland instead of Virginia, where she lives. Oops. And head over to younghouselove.com slash podcast for all the bonus links, photos, and info from this episode, like a pic of our interesting Palm Springs hotel room and that Indiegogo paint swatch thing. Bye, guys. Later. 
Saguaro, not Sabaro, like the pizza. (laughs) It just takes it down, bro, real fast. It's a sub chain. It's a sub chain, not a pizza chain. Sabaro's a subs? I thought Sabaro's pizza. No, it's like a, it's like a subway. Hmm. What am I thinking of? Um, maybe, wait, now I'm confused. I think Sabaro's is a pizza. Wait, we have to stop. Google pause. You're thinking of Quiznos. No, it's a different one. (laughs) Blimpy. I'm thinking of Blimpy. Oh my gosh. Blimpy is nothing like Sabaro's. I stand corrected. (laughs) 